Thanks for listening to the Aspire Church podcast. Visit us at aspirejacks.org to access additional resources or to learn more about the ministries of Aspire Church. And this is one of my favorite Sundays of the year because not only because it's our annual uh, celebration and we get to worship together, um, I love that, but also because it is the start of the holiday season because this coming Thursday, ready or not, is Thanksgiving. It is coming, it is right upon us, and then shortly after that, we'll be in Christmas. Now, what Thanksgiving means at the Weber household is that we can officially start listening to Christmas music and watching Christmas movies. I'm not going to call your name, but some of you have already started. And I just want you to know from the rest of us, it's not okay. (laughs) But we can officially start on Thanksgiving. We'll listen to Christmas music and we'll watch some Christmas movies. And one of my all-time favorites, maybe yours too, is It's a Wonderful Life. Now, it's got to be the original. It's got to be Jimmy Stewart. It can't be colorized, anything fancy. It's got to be Jimmy Stewart. For those of you who may not know about this wonderful movie, Basically, the idea is, what would the world be like without without one ordinary man? What a difference one ordinary person can make in their community, in the lives of others, and the ripple effects of that. Now, It's a Wonderful Life was released in 1946. Now, that's my grandparents' generation. My generation has a movie that has a similar theme, and it's called Back to the Future. (laughs) Marty McFly, it's 1985. And Marty McFly has to travel back to 1955 to ensure that his parents meet and fell in love or they would cease to, he would cease to exist as a human and the world would not have Marty McFly. Now, just, just to give you a sense of the timing, for Marty McFly in 1985 to have to go back to 1955, today it would be like somebody having to go back to 1993, all right? So, yeah, so for my kids, like Sherry and I were married in 1993. It's like my kids would have to go back and make sure that we got married in order for them to exist. What difference does one ordinary person make? Now, I will say that as I've thought about this year coming up and, and all that we've got going on with our 85th anniversary, and, and I, was, I genuinely was shocked. That just shows you how aloof I am this morning at the celebration of my 15th anniversary. But it was 15 years ago in 2008 that I came to be the pastor of, a, of Southside Baptist Church. Um, my family situation has changed a lot since then. Uh, just if I could go back in time and remember, we came here, our youngest daughter, Macy, was five Our kids were five, six, nine, and 11. And now all our kids are adults and we have a grandson. So a lot lot can happen in 15 years, a lot can happen. So the question is, where were you in 2008? Think about that for a second. Where were you in 2008? How old were you in 2008? What was going on in your life in 2008? And how is your life different now than it was then? Now, if you could go back and talk to your 2008 self, what would your 2008 self think your life would be like today? What would that, what would your 2008 self, what would their hopes, what would their dreams, what would everything that they would want to be, what would, what would that look like today? My guess is there are very few of us who would say that my life turned out exactly like my 2008 life person thought it would be. It it, it just doesn't work out that way. Lots of things happen you don't expect. Some of you are here today and you were living in a different city in 2008. You didn't plan to be living in Jacksonville in in, in 2023. Um, Maybe you are here today and the person that you were married to is no longer in your life. Maybe they passed away. Maybe divorce has has come into your life and affected you. Maybe for some of you, uh, you you had a job that you loved and you thought you'd be with it until you retired and now you're in a different job than you were. Lots of things happen in our life that are unexpected. 
but they're not unexpected by God. God is the, is the one who holds all time in his hands and he knows everything that is gonna happen. And so as we learn to trust and rely on him, whether we're looking back or whether we're going into the future, our constant attention should be on him because he's the only one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, as I was thinking about coming here in 2008, I decided I'd go back and I'd read the first sermon I preached in 2008. So I wanna use that as my text today. So if you have a Bible, I want you to look at Hebrews 12, verses one through two, because this passage, uh, a passage that is being written to a church, I think spoke well to us in 2008 and it still speaks well to us today. And in fact, I think this passage of scripture gives us some important things to think about as we think about as individuals, as families, and as a church, getting back to the future. Because here's what I know, just like your 2008 self, might not have been able to know what your 2023 self would be doing and what your life would be like. Your 2023 self doesn't necessarily know what your 2039 self is gonna be doing. But we serve a God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so if we will follow him, if we will put our trust and faith in him, it doesn't matter what we don't know. It only matters who we do know. So let's take a look at this passage, Hebrews 12, one and two, Paul's writing to a, to a church as he says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Now, you would have to go back and you'd have to read chapter 11 to understand what he's talking about here. But basically, Paul has spent the entire chapter 11 going through all the great heroes of the faith, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses. And he just goes through and he lists all these great men and women of the faith who were before him who were looking for a city that they would never fully occupy. But, but he's talking to a church that is seeing the fruit of what those people in chapter 11 never got to see themselves. And he's saying, so since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lie, lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. Does cling closely, doesn't it? You're here today, and I guarantee there are things in your life, there are things that you would say are weighing you down. Some of those aren't sin, they're just circumstances. Some of those things, though, are sin, and they weigh you down. And no matter how hard you try, you can't seem to shake that habit. You can't seem to get out of that thought pattern. And it plagues you over and over again. And he's saying, lay all that aside and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Here it comes, looking to Jesus, the author and the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So I think this passage shares four things for us, four essentials for getting back to the future. And I wanna share these with you today, whether this has to do with you personally, your family or our church, I think these things are critical for us as we stand here in the present asking ourselves, what is it that God wants me to do now? How does God want me to live today. I think these are essentials for getting back to the future. First, he says, learn from the past. You're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. There are people around you who have gone before you, whose stories you can learn from, who will encourage you and who will cheer you on. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. I think about people in my own life who spoke into my life, who encouraged me, who helped me along the way. People who now are with the Lord in heaven, but I love this picture of the stands, the crowd in heaven cheering us on as we here continue to run the race that is set before us. We should learn from the past, but we gotta be careful not to stay there. 
We got to be careful not to get stuck there. We got to be careful not to let the things of the past weigh us down because that's the second thing is we have to lighten the load. He says, lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. Let me ask you, what is it in your life right now? What, what are those things in your life right now that you know are weighing you down, that you know are holding you back? Because you don't need me to tell you what those are. My guess is you already know what they are. You already do. You, you, you could talk to people, you could ask other people's opinion, but my guess is the minute I said it, you know what's weighing you down. It could, be, it could be for you an addiction. It could be for you something that you are continuing to think about or dwell on in the past that's, that's binding you and locking you up and you can't move forward. What is it in your life that you would say, I should lighten the load? Because here's what I know. As we get to the end of the year and we go into a new year, God's mercies are new not just once a year, but every morning. His faithfulness is great to you. Why not believe the gospel when it says that you can become a new creation in Christ? Some of you say, well, I'm already a Christian and it's still weighing me down. But you know that invitation is every day. Every day you have the opportunity to be new in Christ. Learn from the past, lighten the load. And third, stay focused. Oh, I'm sorry, third, run with endurance. Run with endurance. He says, let us run with endurance the race that is before us. You know what that tells me? If somebody's going to tell you you're going to need to run with endurance, it means you're going to need endurance, which means it's going to be hard. Sometimes we just have to accept the fact that the life that we live, there's going to be victories, there's going to be successes, there are going to be things that are easy, but there are going to be a lot of things that are hard. We shouldn't be surprised when the hard things come. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. So run the race with endurance. What might come at you in 2024 that you're not expecting? There could be all kinds of things. Good things, bad things, hard things, easy things. But whatever it is, what if you decided right now that, that God, come what may, come what may, I am going to press on in faith in you. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things, even those things I don't know that could be difficult that may come at me in the new year. Learn from the past, lighten the load, run with endurance, and stay focused on Jesus. He says, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Now, if you think about this for a second, and he's saying, you know, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and, and we should run the race that's before us, and you think about the story of Jesus, that would seem like that's a, an allusion to something historical, like he's talking about Jesus who was born and lived and died and rose again. And, but, but he notice he's not talking about Jesus that way. He's talking about Jesus who is over and above all time and space. In, in Hebrews 13, 8, he's going to say, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Jesus himself is the one who will guide you through all the uncertainties of the future as you run with endurance. Jesus Christ himself is the only way you can lighten the load that is going to tangle you up and bind you down. Jesus is the only way that you can look at the past and understand and interpret it in order to know how to move forward. Keep your eyes on Jesus as you go back to the future. In that sermon, I quoted Dr. Knight, who was the pastor here for 27 years, and I, he, in his retirement sermon in June of 1977, I was five years old at the time, Dr. Knight, one of his final words to this church was that he prayed that this church would keep Jesus Christ and his message at the center of all it did. See, Dr. Knight was saying the same thing the writer of Hebrews was saying to that church. Stay focused on Jesus. And that's not just something your church needs to do. It's something your family needs to do. It's something you need to do as you step into the future. 
I concluded the sermon by saying there were three things that Southside Baptist Church must do. We had to pick people up, we had to cheer people on, and we had to point people to Jesus. And so I asked myself, what difference does one life make? What difference does one church make in a community? Have we as a church done that? Would there be a difference in San Marco if Southside Baptist Church, Aspire Church San Marco, didn't, had never existed? And so I sent out an email and I asked some of you to respond and just tell me, um, finish the sentence, were it not for Aspire Church, were it not for Aspire Church, what, what would your life be like? And here's some of the things that you said, were it not for Aspire Church, I might not have met my husband. We would not have a church home where we feel connected. We would not have joined a small group nor met so many caring, friendly people. We would not have had the prayer support we needed through the years of life's ups and downs. Were it not for Aspire Church, I would not have the daily reminder that I am not only loved, but that I am to share that love with my community and with others. I may not have met my new best friend who is 95 and is teaching me how to pray. I might only love certain people some of the times. (laughs) I'd have less courage and confidence to go and share Jesus in 30 words with lost family, friends, neighbors, and strangers. I would still be walking in a circle with no entry or exit point, passing the same scenery over and over again, thoughts, feelings, and regrets. I didn't feel lost, but I didn't feel found either. Aspire helped put Christ back in my life. And he broke my circle and put me on a path where now I see hope, have trusted friends, purpose, and a chance to discover God's plan. Were it not for Aspire Church, I would not have have the safe and non-judgmental space and support I received in the toughest times. Were it not for Aspire Church, I would still be alone on my spiritual walk. I would not have a community that spans generations. I would not have experienced my first mission trip. I would not have evolved my love for international people into teaching with the ESL ministry. Were it not for Aspire Church, I would, it would be hard to find a kingdom of broken folks like me to fellowship with, pray with, and feed on the truth of God's word. We would not have known what it means to see our local Title I neighborhood school as our family's mission field. I wouldn't have felt okay with moving away out of state from my wonderful 78-year-old mother who knows she has a family at Aspire Church. Were it not for Aspire Church, my husband and I could not worship together. Aspire sees what so many churches miss. Special needs parents often feel invisible, and that's why many parents either stop going to church altogether or don't start because they don't have childcare for their children. Thank you, Aspire, for standing in the gap for our family so we can worship together. Were it not for Aspire Church, I'm certain I would not have the understanding and belief that there is nothing more important in this world than a relationship with Jesus. Peace would be overwhelmed by discontentment and faith would be replaced with a core disbelief in humanity. I am sure I'd be consumed with fear and that there is no way I'd believe that forgiveness is the pathway to freedom or that giving love each and every day mattered, let alone that it was the only thing with which I should concern myself. I would still hold the false belief that until I go on a mission trip to a third world country, I'm not doing the good work of Jesus. But now I understand I am on mission with him right here in my neighborhood. I would believe that Sunday was only a religious exercise. I'm thankful to be a part of a church where people are open about wrestling with life and scripture and what it looks like to follow Jesus. I'm thankful to be a part of a church where I feel seen and heard. I would not have a place where no matter what path I took, they always welcome me back and love me when I needed it most. 
I would not have met an A-team of unconscious Christians who gave me teaching, mentorship, leadership, and Christian examples of how to live my life while growing up. I might not have learned that love is not efficient and is never in a hurry. Were it not for Aspire Church, I don't know where my family would be today. At a time when we were walking through the biggest battle of our lives, feeling as though God had left us, Aspire showed up and loved on my little family with a love that was foreign to any experience I had ever had in any other church. Were it not for Aspire Church, the Karin, the Vietnamese, the Mizo people at Jacksonville might not have a place to worship, and other nationalities and refugees would not have a place to learn English where people love and care for them. When our oldest daughter was battling what turned out to be a terminal illness, our four- and five-year-old daughters were warmly welcomed at VBS at Aspire Church, and they were treated so well that they still remember specific little kindnesses that they experienced. Were it not for Aspire Church, we would continue to look too much like each other and not enough like heaven. We would not be challenged to love everyone always, a reminder we desperately need. I was disillusioned with churches preaching their own agendas rather than that of Jesus. I might not have learned that it's not, that it's not about religion, but it's about a relationship with Jesus. I went through a very dark period in my life, and without the love and care of my two small groups, I would not have made it through those very trying times, trying to decipher what God was trying to teach me and struggling not to lose faith. I recently reflected on the dark time and realized how much I learned about myself and how God worked in my life to resolve every single issue. I'm eternally grateful for the peace I now feel. Even though things are imperfect, I feel stronger in my faith than ever and fully committed to staying the course. Without Aspire Church San Marco, I would not have made it through all the trials with the peace and the hope that I have for the future. Were it not for Aspire Church, we would not have found a church to lovingly take us outside our comfort zone so we can grow and meet our potential in God's kingdom here on earth, and we would not have learned how to play pickleball. (laughs) Were it not for Aspire, I would not have the opportunity to directly impact the advancement of God's kingdom here on earth through my work. Aspire allowed me to serve the Lord through my God-given abilities, which I would have otherwise not be doing. Using my skills and talents to advance the kingdom has genuinely been the most rewarding work of my life. Aspire was my family as I went through my breast cancer almost two years ago. Other than my children, I have no family support, but I have a family at Aspire. Aspire ensured my daughter and I had no worries as we went through this period of our lives with food, transportation to appointments when needed, making sure all of our necessities were met. What would it be like without Aspire Church San Marco? It would be different. And I'm so grateful because I know the difference Aspire Church San Marco's made in my life. You see, it's not just about 15 years ago, uh, but it's over 40 years ago that I stood right there where Elijah stood and was baptized at just about Elijah's age. It's made a tremendous difference in my life. So when we think about our church and we think about what it means to go back to the future, I think we have to understand that we have a great cloud of witnesses around us, people cheering us on here. But we have to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And so what I want to ask you to do as we wrap up one year and then over the, throughout the holidays and head into a new year in 2024, I want to invite you to go on a year-long journey with us and come back to the future with us in 2024. Here's what that's going to look like. Two things I want you to do. We're going to do. All year, it's our 85th anniversary, we're going to look back with Thanksgiving. Look back with Thanksgiving. Here's some of the things that we're going to do. There's going to be a homecoming Sunday on March 3rd. 
We're looking forward to bringing back anybody who will come and join us for that celebration. But before that, we're going to kick off the year by celebrating one of the foundational principles that we hold here at Aspire Church San Marco, that, that the Bible is our sole source of authority as we operate and function as a church. So we're going to spend 85 hours in the Word. We're going to start on Sunday morning, December 31st, and for 85 hours until 6, 7 p.m. on Wednesday, January 3rd, we're going to read straight through the Bible, and we're going to ask you to sign up for 15-minute time slots. And that table is right outside here. You can sign up there. You can use a QR code to sign up. But we're going to do that to celebrate the end of one year, the beginning of our 85th year, 85 hours in the Word. And then on January 7th, we're going to kick off 85 days of prayer. And we're going to take those 85 days just to focus on praying to, the, to Jesus, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, about how he wants to lead us into the new year. And then we're going to spend in the summer 85 days of community, and then at the end of the year, 85 days of generosity. So I hope you'll come with us and give thanks in, in 2024 uh, as we celebrate the church's 85th anniversary. But we're looking back, back with Thanksgiving in order that we're going to invite you to help us build a bridge to the future. Because if my math is right, with the church being 85 years old, that means it's 15 years until our 100th anniversary, which means that we're as close to 2039 today as we are from 2008, 15 years ago. And should the Lord give us the time, and should he be gracious to us, I want us to spend the next year praying about what kind of church does God want this church to be, not just for the next 15 years, but into its second century. So I, I was spending some time thinking about this and then just inviting the Lord to say, God, what would you have us to do? What, what would be three things that if I could look forward to in 2039 at the church's 100th anniversary, and uh, what, what would it what would we do, be doing? So a couple things I, I want us to begin to envision. First of all, what would it be like if, if our church was a part of ensuring that the gospel was preached in every language spoken in, in Duval County Public Schools by the year 2039? That there is no language spoken in Duval County Public Schools that does not have a healthy gospel-centered church in it by 2039. What would it be like if we turned the tide of the decreasing percentage of people in Jacksonville who attended, attended gospel-centered churches, and instead we were a part of turning that tide and seeing for the first time in decades the percentage of people in Jacksonville attending church increase by the year 2039. And finally, what would it be like for us to secure a spire for a second century of ministry right here at the heart of our city? You see, I don't know if you've noticed, but churches move out of the urban centers and they never come back. And so you find urban centers all around America where there are empty churches that are now museums or theaters or nightclubs. What would happen if we said, we're going to secure this church to be a church that continues to share the hope and the love of Jesus for another hundred years? I want you to go back to the future with us in 2023. I want us to celebrate, to look back with Thanksgiving, but I want us to build a bridge to the future. I want you to think for just a few minutes as we wrap up here, we're going to celebrate communion together as a sign of our looking back uh, for what Christ has done for us, but also as a sign as we look forward to what Christ will do in and through his church. But as you're doing this, I want to ask you something. Add 15 years to your life. Add 15 years. What is your life like in 15 years? What, what, what are your, how old will your kids be? How old will you be? What do you hope for yourself in 15 years? See, in the light of where you've been and in the light of where you hope to be, 
How can you live today for Christ to have his greatest impact in and through you? Because just like the faithfulness of members of this church over the past 85 years impacts you today with all these things that I read, our faithfulness today will impact the lives of future generations. Will you come back to the future with us? Will you help us build a bridge to the future so that the gospel continue to be preached right here within the shadow of our steeple and to the ends of the earth? I'm going to invite you to pray. And as I do that, I'm going to invite our deacons to come forward, those who are serving communion, to come and take your place. And after I pray and we take communion, if you will exit to your right, come forward and take communion and then go back to your left, um, that'll keep us moving through the communion service. If you are not a member of our church but are a believer in Jesus, you're welcome to participate in communion. As you come forward, you'll be offered just a, a, a cracker and you'll be told this is the body of Christ broken for you. And then you'll take that and you'll dip it in the juice and you'll, be heard, you'll hear the words, the blood of Christ poured out for you. How can we keep our eyes on Jesus as we move back to the future? As you pray, invite God, invite his Holy Spirit to speak to you. Father God, we thank you today that we are a part of a church, Lord, that has such a strong legacy and has continually had such a great impact here in San Marco and in Jacksonville and even to the ends of the earth. Lord, we're thankful for the cloud of witnesses that surrounds us. But Father, most of all, we're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for his life, his death, his resurrection. We're thankful that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're thankful that as we stand on the end, at the edge of the end of one year and the beginning of a new, Lord, as our church begins to build a bridge to the future, Lord, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us. Lord, help us to understand and to accept what you've called us to be and who, how you've called us to live. And Lord, in 15 years, some of us won't be here. There will be new people here. There will be new neighbors and new challenges and new problems. But God, we would ask, if it be your will and according to your grace, that you would continue to use this church and use the people in it to love everyone always, to make disciples of Jesus and to equip those who do and that it might continue to be a church that is for Christ, for the city, for good. Lord, as we take communion today, remind us of the price you paid for us. Father, may we live our lives sacrificially for your mission and your purpose in the world. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Aspire Church Podcast. If what you've heard has been helpful, please subscribe and rate our podcast and share it with a friend. If you'd like to support the ministry of Aspire Church or want someone to contact you personally, please visit our website at aspirejacks.org. 